Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Charge to Keep, the official podcast of Rio Hondo Prep Football. We are ready for the road, the first road trip of the season for the Cares, as they will travel over 100 miles to Boron, California. It is way up there, uh, 395, as you're headed towards, well, Victorville, then go a little little west of it and, and head north still, headed towards you know Bishop and all those places. But anyway, it's where the Cares will be headed Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kickoff in Boron, California. In the high desert, going to be uh, mighty mighty warm, I'm sure, like it has been down here in Southern California. But I know the cares are up for the challenge. Get out of school and and hit the road. So many memories on, on great road trips with uh, Real Hondo Prep over the years, uh, playing football for the cares. It's just kind of a badge of honor. You get your frequent flyer miles, if you know what I mean, uh, traveling for uh, Real Hondo Prep, playing schools in the middle of nowhere, it seems. But I know the school that the school that they're playing this week in Boron is a rather special, special uh, school, a special friendship uh, rivalry. Yes, but but a friendly one for sure. Uh, mutual respect by both teams here uh, this upcoming uh, for the week three matchup here. These schools have played each other every year for uh, quite some time. I want to say over 10 years now. And it, it is a big part of, uh, of of who I'm bringing on the podcast today. Uh, I am going to be joined here shortly by the head coach of Boron, uh, Mr. Rob Kosinopoulos. And I hope I said his name right. Uh, I'm going to call him Coach Rob probably uh, throughout the interview here. But last week we heard from the Linfield coach, uh, uh, Deshaun Burns. That was a privilege chatting with him. And another uh, privilege today, ch- chatting with the, uh, the opposing coach of the team, uh, giving him an opportunity to talk about this special relationship with Real Hondo Prep, why they play each other every year. Schools are over 100 miles apart that are just this. There's mutual respect there. And and also it's a chance for Coach Rob to talk about his program, uh, the Boron Bobcats and how they're doing and, and expectations for them and kind of where the growth of their program has gone. So I thought with my little pregame shows here on Thursdays, usually releasing these 24 hours before kickoff. So tonight at 7 o'clock, this will be released uh, in anticipation for our week three matchup with Boron. I was just going to talk a little bit about my keys to the game, my thoughts and what to expect. Uh, but it's also cool when we get to bring on someone who's associated with the program we're about to face. So I thought, well, let's reach out to Coach Rob through Coach Mark Carson, uh, who had nothing but great things to say uh, about Coach Rob. And I said, hey, do you think uh, the Boron coach w- would do it? And he said, yeah, I'll, te- I'll give him your number and or he can have his number. I texted Coach Rob. He was so thrilled that I asked him that uh, I was reaching out. He just so much excitement. I've never met this man, but I'm very excited to chat with him. Anyone who loves football like I do, I don't care where they're from, who they who they coach, who they play for. I, I love just, just having a conversation and it's a blast to kind of preview these games, right? We're about to, to, to go to war with this guy on Friday night. And my goal is that when this podcast ends, all the listeners are like, man, I really... I really like that guy. I want to beat him. I want to beat him on Friday night, but 
you know what? There's some great people in, in this great game of football and, and just um, the mutual respect. Again, Coach Carson has mad respect for Coach Rob and, and vice versa from what it sounds like. So let's get his take on it since uh, the boys will be on a bus trip here soon uh, on, on Friday afternoon. Uh, that is kind of the, the tribute there with the on the road again, the turn the page song there uh, by Metallica, as, as I've told you guys before, we're kind of implementing music uh, throughout our episodes. It's kind of symbolism and such. So just a little fun thing for, for me to do. But what I'm very much looking forward to right now is talking with the head coach of the Boron Bobcats. Let's bring him on the program. It is my privilege to bring to you Coach Rob Kostanopoulos. All right. It is now my privilege to be joined by the head coach of the Boron Bobcats, Mr. Rob Kostopoulos. Coach, I'll probably call you Coach Rob because I think Coach K is already taken. Yeah, that was my father. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Hey, uh, hey, Rob, thank you so much for doing this. This is unique. Um, it's a special relationship you guys have with Real Hondo, and it's really cool that you're willing to come on here on the podcast, talk a little bit about the rivalry and the upcoming game on Friday night. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Glad to, I'm glad to do this. Uh, coach Rob, how long have you been the, uh, the head coach at Boron now? So I took over, I took over in 2014 for, for what was a transition between Todd Fink, who had coached for a long time. I think Todd did 10 plus years. I was on his staff for eight of those. I took over in 2014, um, went all the way to 2020 with that during the COVID year, I, I, I stepped out, uh, a guy that, so last year's head coach was a, was a one-year head coach. I, after COVID, I just, I went with youth football. I went our, I went to our youth program and coached my my two little youngest sons. I, I have a third grader and a fifth grader. I just uh, just didn't really know if I wanted to coach during that COVID season. I, I I saw all of the craziness going on and I and I stepped away. And uh, after last season, just realized how much I I missed it and just wanted to be back. So so here I am, man. I'm back. So yeah, for, 2014 was my first year head coaching, um, but I joined the staff in 2006 as an assistant coach. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and, you know, coach, uh, there, there's something to be said. Sometimes there's a little more pressure in those third and fifth grade games than uh, no, Friday night lights. Big time, big time, <laughs> but I had a great time. It actually, you know, honestly, um, I'd like to believe that, that coaching youth football and, and also COVID stepping away from things and being, being really family-based. Um, I think I'm a lot more patient, kind of found my positive stride, you know, not that I was ever too negative, but just just kind of a different outlook on, on the way to approach the game and approach kids in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on that. As far as youth football program, a uh, small town like, like Boron, um, do, do you guys have a, a tackle program? Do you attribute kind of the success of your program to the fact that you guys do have uh, youth football? Because not, not every city or town has that anymore. Yes, I, I, I absolutely say that youth football has been one of our biggest strong points. Yes, kids, kids playing, you know, and you know, that's controversial right now, man. There's a lot of people, I, you even got NFL players saying that we shouldn't be tackling at such a young age. We should do a lot of flags, you know, hey, this, that, that could go, this conversation could go sideways real quick, right? But yes, a, a big, I would say probably the biggest part of our success is the fact that yes, our kids play youth football in a small town, play together their whole lives, come up into high school, we know each other for the majority of it. They know the system. They they know the coaches. They know us. There's not a big transition at all. No, and that's so important. I mean, you see that in other parts of the country, you know, in, in states like Texas, football is, uh, you know, bigger than religion there. And uh, But you do. You have that small town feel. You have the kids as youngsters rising up the ranks. I think that's something that Rio Hondo Prep has had, uh, has had an advantage of really is having kids play 
on those fields, even watching the real Hondo kids, uh, you know, the care youth league, there playing in youth tackle football. I think the real Hondo junior high program is the only junior high uh, program in uh, the San Gabriel Valley that plays tackle. So there's a yeah. lot of advantages there. There's other, there's pop Warner, there's other youth programs, but I, I do think playing football at a young age and kind of building to get to those Friday night lights uh, is, is special and unique to the game of football. Yeah. And, and football IQ in general is so important. So you, you know, the younger you start the game, cause that's tough. If you're a freshman in high school, that's never played football. And we have a couple of those actually on our current team, we have two seniors who have never played football and decided to come out to football their senior year. Football IQ is a big, big thing, right? That's, that's a big deal. Un, uh, just understanding space, space awareness is humongous. Oh yeah. Running around, putting the helmet on like, wait, yeah. where's this go? Where's that go? That's a big part. I mean, those are, those are things you kind of get out of the way uh, early on, but let me ask you about, um, because I've seen it. I used, I used to officiate uh, football for 10, 11 years out here. And we saw a decline in, um, attendance from not, not fans, but, uh, players, I should say, uh, roster sizes. How, how has over the past, you know, 10 years or so with the Boron program, uh, cause you're not seeing a ton of participation in other schools, even schools that have thousands of kids. Well, it's hit us even. So just a heads up, we, uh, we played our first JV game last Friday in seven years. We, so the only, and the only reason why we're not playing a JV game with Rio is during the summer, we just we didn't think we were going to pull it off. We 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 just did not see the numbers. We were we were under 25 for pretty much the whole summer, and so I gave Mark. Obviously, we're friends, so we were texting all summer. And I told him, I said, "Hey, JV football just is not looking good." And at first, even Mark didn't know what he was going to pull off. And then late, <laughs> a big influx of freshmen came in. He's playing JV football. We are now, but I got to him too late. He had already scheduled the game, but but that hit us too, man. Like we, so that's pretty crazy to think that. A school that loves football like we do. We just played our first JV game last Friday in seven years. Wow. Well, I mean, it's it's sad in a way, but hey, that's that's a big step. That's great. That's great for the program to get kids out there playing early. And and, and you and uh, you and Rio have very similar uh, uh, issues. We'll say this year, which we will get into with you know just the the age of of your players and such. But let me go back to you said uh, 2006 when you started. Uh, coaching at Boron. Did you coach anywhere before that? Or are you from so Boron? Talk to me a little bit about you. So one of the things we love about Rio that I think we've always loved about Rio, just like us alumni. So I'm an alumni at Boron High. I graduated Boron High in 97. Um, I actually went away. I went to Cal State San Bernardino to play baseball down there. I played for coach Don Parnell, man, love the guy. I, I would go to war for that guy. Um, and I, and I was one of those guys that, hey, I was going to live in the city. I, I, I wanted to see what the city was about. And then I got to about 2004-ish and just I wanted to come home, just decided, hey, I want to come home. But, but most of my time in San Bernardino, when I was like, I was at Bloomington High School and some other schools, I did all baseball. I coached all baseball. But when obviously coming back home from Boron, I played football at Boron High. My dad was the head coach back in the day in the 90s, okay? So I, I jumped on the staff. Uh, immediately built a bond with uh, Todd Fink. I actually have a current, two, two of my current assistants now are alumni of Boron High. Um, one of my other coaches, Jason Boyette, he coached back in 06 with us. So I've got, I've got another assistant coach that was with kind of that older regime. So that's typical Boron. And that's one of the things we loved about Rio as well. You got a bunch of alumni on Rio staff, right? Guy, like guys come home, they're proud of Rio Hondo. They want to be a part of what Rio Hondo does. That's a lot like us. That's so, so immediately, man, once we kind of realized who Rio was and what Rio was about, 
we we got a quick shot that like man these guys are a lot like us like let's keep this thing going that is that is awesome to hear and uh you know coach parnell at sam i umpired plenty of his games uh there yep. at fiscalini field what a, what a great hey, great guy i gave up was. i gave up a lot of home runs at that field <laughs> <laughs> I gave up some bombs, actually. Well, it had to be the it had to be the the altitude or the air or something uh, there, right, Rob, or something like that. Absolutely, <laughs> it had nothing to do with my velocity. <laughs> oh man, good times. Well, um, let's talk about the the relationship a little more. You said these guys are a lot like us. What exactly? I don't know. Was it was it one thing that jumped out to you guys? It, let's go back it, to the beginning. It, it's a bunch of things. We. Uh, we saw a program a lot like us. Number one, hey, Rio's Rio's floating around a hundred kids. You know what I mean? So and and Boron's always floating around two hundred kids. So immediately, size wise, we liked just the size matchup immediately. Then when you came out, kind of kicked our butt in 08, we said, okay, these guys play a style of football that we appreciate. Physical. They play hard. They don't stop. The one thing I've always appreciated about Rio kids, they don't care which side of the scoreboard they're on. They're playing the game. So we picked up on that right away. Um, hey, I'll tell you what, when Mark was an assistant coach, that dude was about as fiery and hot-headed as you could ever see. And we're like that. So we're sitting on the other sidelines going like, dude, these guys, they're just like us. Then you start then you start dissecting the program, right? You're constantly doing more with less, right? You you just you talk about guys that achieve kind of above really what what we're supposed to achieve at. Then, then you start looking at, okay, Rio's playing this. Rio, they're not scared to play people. They'll play basically, you know, now listen, we're not going to go play St. John Bosco modern day. But you look at our divisions and you look at two and three divisions up around us, we started noticing, okay, Rio's, Rio is challenging themselves. They're, they're putting themselves in good spots. Same thing we try to do. So the more, the more that we really investigated, like who the heck is Rio Hondo, we were, we were realizing like these guys are exactly the way we do things. And there's some things that we like that we wanted to be a part of a huge thing that we found out after about, I think we found out in around 2009, we were, we were, you know, so Todd, Todd Fink at the time, head coach and Ken drain became excellent friends, really built a friendship. Mark and myself as assistant coaches just slowly started talking. And then we really realized, man, he's a family man. I'm a family man. You're an alumni. I'm an alumni. You're proud to be there. We're proud to be here. We became friends. But what we found at the time was how many boys are involved in your football program. We found out a secret that like, okay, just because you don't want to play football, maybe you want to do an, maybe you want to be an athletic trainer. Maybe you want to be on the film crew, right? Maybe you want to, all of these things. We found out how just how much diversity you guys were creating in the program. And we were just blown away. We, we just thought that that was just amazing. Yeah, there's there's always a, a way to contribute. It could be anything, and that's kind of the evolution of the the podcast here. Is like let's let's try to bring alumni and stuff together. Uh, if if you would talk, let's you said in 2008, if if we were talking off air, that was a big year for Boron. I think you guys were ranked one or number two, very we, high ranking we, in the playoffs that late year. We really thought we had something cooking. I'm going to tell you right now, like that was a. Uh... We, we might even have let our arrogance get to us a bit that year. We, we thought we had something. We really thought we had a good, we had a good mix. We, we thought the chemistry and everything was right. And Rio came out and basically said, no, no, you don't, you, <laughs> you don't have it. Had, had you heard of Rio Hondo before that? Or did you know there was yes, some eight yes, man program? You know, we, we, we did some homework. We knew that in eight man, you guys dominated. 
we knew there was a lot of championships and a lot of banners on the wall and we looked at who you guys played like we i'm not saying we overlooked rio we knew it was going to be a challenge we didn't know that it was going to be 42 to 14. we didn't know <laughs> well, we didn't know we didn't know that on our field that night in the second round of the playoffs that that's the way it would go that that was a big win uh for the school uh big time uh, i think uh it, it that era really from uh 04 to to 20 13 was a special era in the 11 man uh, time for Rio. And, um, you know, you know, coach, you guys return the favor to Rio a few years later in a, in a frigid playoff game up at your place, low scoring a game. What year was that? 20, 2010, maybe so that was, that was 2010. We, we actually were, I don't think people can say a lot that they've done this to Rio. That was a year we got them twice. We got them in preseason and we Ooh. got them in the semi. So, and, and I can proudly say that there's not a lot of local high schools that can say they got Rio twice in one season. <laughs> that, does, that doesn't happen to you guys. I, I bet if you really take back the, the history books, that's not something that happens to Rio. No, that's, that's a great point. And I remember, uh, you know, it's hard to beat any team twice, but when I think going into that game, uh, we were, we were very much like, okay, uh, things didn't go right. The first game uh, it's going to be a challenge, but we're ready. And it was like six to six going in the fourth quarter, a frigid night. Rio was uh, driving for the game-winning score. And I think we threw a, a pick six at, to end the game, which is such a, a weird way to lose a game, but it's got to be a fun way to win it. It, it was intense, man. I, 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 so <laughs> I was up in the crow's nest that night, and, and it was intense. I mean, it was a war. It was a dogfight. Um, you know, both defenses really showed up to play that night. We, I, I, and I attribute that to, like, basically – we felt like we knew what they were going to do. Rio Hondo, a hundred percent, felt like they knew what we were going to do. And man, it 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 was a tough night. You know what I mean? But the pick six was just—I just remember the place just going crazy, just <laughs> absolutely just going crazy. <laughs> it was uh, a thirty-six to twenty-eight win uh, for you guys in September against us, and then uh, we went up there, and it was fourteen to six. So you were right about the defenses. I remember we scored a touchdown that we threw a uh, Ryan Horton, I think, caught a, a pass. Uh, you know, I don't know how anyone caught a ball that night. It was so cold. But then uh, what a backbreaker for us and just jubilation for you guys winning that game. Yeah. Now, how we had to go up and face Bishop in Bishop. So it was even colder the next Friday up there. And we lost a championship game 30 to 22, but it was a dogfight. You know, you know, Bishop there for about two years in a row, Bishop was loaded as well. So you had Boron Rio. Really, we kind of really, we did know in those couple of years right there, that 2010, 2011-ish time, we knew that Rio, Boron, or Bishop, that was that was where it was at. One of one of the version of one of those three was in that time period was, was going to do it, you know. Your guys' 2012 season, though, was just, and you had you had just dudes. You guys were special. So that was that the year you beat Mission Prep, right? Twenty twelve. Yeah. Prep. That's yeah. your play. We were there. We we drove down to that game, and that was. I mean, your twenty twelve team was. They were special. That was that was a special group of kids. What was incredible about those guys is they beat Arcadia week one, week zero, whatever, and yeah. um, really beat them up, dominated them. And and Rios wanted to play pub, big public schools in the area for so long. The next week they get blown out by that mission prep team. And then it was so satisfying years later or uh, at the end of the season in the championship to turn those 40 points around and to beat those guys. So yeah, that was a special group of guys. That's so cool. You guys drove down for that game. Oh yeah. We, Hey, we, well, 
So, hey, one of the things that we're born in Rio, I'm, now we, we have a relationship. Mark and I are great friends. Todd and Coach Train were great friends. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's been some years where the Rio Boron thing got super competitive and even uh, had a taste for taste for some flair from fan-wise. So when we would come, so I think we went and scouted one year too. You guys were playing Big Bear. And we sat on the Rio side and because we just we didn't want to sit on the Big Bear side. So we sat on the Rio side in, in a preseason game. And man, the Rio fans were, I, I wondered if we were going to get out of there that day. I thought, guys, we might want to leave mid third quarter. Um, I don't know that we're really well liked down here. You know what I mean? Um, no, we, a crew of us drove down and we watched that mission prep and and we were 100% cheering for you guys at the time. We, we kind of felt like mission prep was wrongly placed in that division and didn't think that they belonged in that division. So that's, that's one of the things where a hundred percent myself and Mark, we have always bonded together on, you know, um, not knocking CIF anyway. I love those guys, especially the Southern section. I got a lot of history with Mr. Wygod and his crew, but there's been some matchups sometimes where uh, if you're a small school guy, um, you questioned the, the, you questioned that bracket for sure. I'll just say that. I won't go any further than that, but you def, and that was one of those matchups. We thought, man, mission prep. I don't know, you know, and Rio got them and brought it, took it to them. And so we were, and it was raining and it was muddy and and we were down there, man. We were we were right there in the mix cheering like we were, you know, from Rio almost, you know. So we, we were just as happy for you guys in that game as as anything else, you know. Oh man, well chalk one up for the little guys. That was that was a special time. And and yeah, it's it's the feelings mutual, despite that experience with the fans, maybe. I mean, the real guys are pulling pulling for you guys for sure and your success. Well, hey, I'm uh, our kids have gotten it after it a couple of times. I think it was the, I think it was the 2011 season in 2011, our coach Todd Fink, he did it and, and he knew he was poking the bear. He had made some kind of comment in a local newspaper that he felt like he felt like the ring, the road, he said a comment like the road to the ring comes through Borom, meaning like, Hey, if you want to hang a banner in your gym, you're coming through us. Well, you know, knocks us out of the playoffs that year beats us. Okay. The next year, right, Rio beats Mission Prep, wins the CIF title. So in 2012, who do we draw in the basketball playoffs at Boron? We draw Rio Hondo in basketball. So what is the whole basketball team? Because, hey, the football team is the basketball team, then they're the baseball team, right? Rio and Boron share that in common. So Rio's kids' basketball team come out that season, and they're wearing their CIF championship T-shirts from <laughs> football. So they're warming up in pregame. Ken Drain's the basketball coach. You know, we're sitting in the stands and we're like, these sons of guns came out here in their CIF championship team. And I knew what it was. That was that was telling Todd Fink, like, OK, a ring comes through Boron. huh? So there, hey, there's been some intense moment, but but it's like, hey, that's all in good fun. You know what I mean? That's that's what high school athletics is supposed to be like. Let's get after it. Let's even talk a little trash. Hey, they came out, showed us who got the ring that year. But. We took it as like, oh, yeah, hey, once again, these guys are built a lot like us. Like we we actually appreciated the the humor of what the basketball team was doing. Like we we understood it, we knew it, and we asked for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's fantastic. Gamesmanship, man. And we need more of this. Some people get all offended these days, and it's just like, dude, come on. It's just 
this is all in fun. It's all in respect, you know, no, no ill will. So uh, that that's a great story. Wow. <laughs> it's really funny stuff. Um, you guys have made the jump from the Southern section to the central section. What was, what was the reasoning behind that? And does it help you so, travel hey, at all? We, we loved the Southern section. If you want my honest, dead, honest, complete opinion, we had no intention of ever leaving. We, and, and sometimes I look back at, I've, you know, the central, I, I'm not a hundred percent certain is any better. It's, the central section is actually smaller in the amount of schools, which caused some really difficult matchups. We've we've had some matchup with some big boys. Um, we left the southern section because at the time, our league, the league we played in, everybody went eight man. Mojave, Mammoth, Desert Christian. Hey, you guys beat Desert Christian in a CIF championship one year. All of these schools were in our league. They all bailed. They went eight man. They uh for whatever reason, there was numbers issues or they they were tired of some of the matchups they were getting, whatever. Whatever their issue was, everybody went eight man. So our league fell apart around 2013, somewhere around that time. I'll tell you a real crazy story. I don't know if Ken or Mark told you this. We tried to join your league. We and 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 at the time, at the time, it was Rio Hondo, it was Pasadena Poly, it was Trinity Classical Academy, and I can't remember the fourth school for the life of me right now. Um, but we tried to join. We did not want to leave the southern section. We definitely we, there was no way we were going eight man. What do I do? I call my buddies and say, hey, man, we need a leak. I can't go freelance, right? Because at the time, that was a death sentence. You, you, oh, There was no way to make the playoffs. You could go 10-0 and 0, like that brethren Christian. You, you weren't it. So you got to get a leak. We actually went to a league meeting with those teams. And Rio, what was awesome was Rio and Passing Nepali said, yes, absolutely. Let Boron in. These are great matchups. It was, it was Trinity Classical and the other school at the time voted no. So it went to a two-to-two tie. And the mediator said, hey, they, 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 it ended up saying no, but Rio was pulling for us, Pasadena Poly was pulling for us. So honestly, what's crazy, we would have stayed Southern Section, and even crazier, we might have been a league opponent of Rio. So you want to talk about building some stuff right there, that would have been amazing. We get voted out. Hey, to add insult to injury, the very next year, Trinity Classical and that other school bail because they were getting their butts kicked, right? They're getting beat up. And so we had already made the move to the Central Section and – yeah, that, that I mean, it, it, the gist of it is that that our league fell apart. Everybody went eight man. We stayed eleven man. We had no place to go, and so the only place to go was kind of go old school. Bishop Kern Valley Roseman back in the eighties and nineties. That used to be our league before we separated. We were in league with them anyways. Well, so we just we rejoined, and the only way to do that was to jump sections. Wow, this is like leaving the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Like this is like just like that type of it, talk. And it got <laughs> and it got controversial. I'm gonna tell you right now. While while we were trying to stay at the time, man, we were we were we were reaching and we were trying and we were, you know, we were politicking and we were doing all those things and it just didn't work. And and the biggest thing is is, you know, I, I get it. We're like you said, we're a hundred miles away, right? Do you really want to have to travel a hundred miles for a basketball game on a Tuesday, a baseball game on a Thursday? So it really just came down to that. I, I, I don't think Trinity Classical or those other guys, I don't think they had a problem with us. I think they had a problem with location. Sure. No, that, that's definitely what it sounds like. Rio and Pasadena was just willing to say, hey, this is a good fit. Like, let's get these guys. Let's do this, you know? Wow. That's a, but but it's not like a bishop or, I mean, that's that's no. not around the corner from you guys. No, and, and Mark and those guys will tell you, the drive to Boron, honestly, Again, you got to catch some of your freeways at the right time, but the drive to point, it's not bad. You're, you're there a lot faster than you think you're going to be. So once you get there, 
it's just talking people into like, Hey, make the trip, see what the trip's like first, you know? And oh, yeah. that's one of the things we loved about Rio right away. That doesn't bother them that, that at all. They, they want to play. And, and e even on the years where it's been kind of lopsided in Rio's favor, they enjoy the matchup. We enjoy the matchup. So I, I, I always appreciated that about Mark and Ken at the time too. They, mm -hmm. and they politicked for us as well. Ken was calling the other schools that were a no vote. Ken, Ken was doing everything he could to get us in the league with you guys. Interesting. But just kind of, just kind of fell flat. So we had to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, um, it sounds like you guys are, are, are doing just fine. And, and I'm glad the rivalry uh, is, is alive and well, I, I want to uh, read to you. I got a, a statement from uh, coach Carson. I said, Hey, I need, I want, what's a statement for, uh, you know, on the Boron program that I can relay to, to coach Rob, even though you'll see him tomorrow. Uh, coach Carson said, Boron is a great program and has a tradition of tough, hard-nosed football. They're always well-coached. It's fun to play out there because the town comes out and they're well-supported. We have some, we have had some really fun games with them. That, that is, that is a hundred percent what I would say right back. Yes. Mm. It, it's so unique because, you it's with small schools football you get two different types of schools you get a small private school or you get a very small public school that's you know out in the a rural area like you know like you guys are also it's it's a unique matchup we we traveled some to some places over the years man it's like wow who, who what's the school out here but so talk to me about that dynamic if you would rob the the small public schools versus the small private schools because i think it's 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 a level playing field in small school. Football. It's a, it's a super level playing field. You know, when you, when you hear people complain of, of the private school, you know, mumbo jumbo stuff, Oh, it's 30 grand to get in there. And then, and they get this and they get that. Once you actually go and play the small, now listen, some of those larger privates. Yes. That, that, that mumbo yeah. jumbo is real. You do not want to match up with them there. They are getting the elite of the elite they, and they have resources that, that no one can match. Okay. But on the small side, it is a level playing field. It is. And I, and I agree with that statement because, you know, really at the end of the day, um, what what are you guys drawn from that 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 anybody else isn't drawn from anyways? You know what I mean? You guys, Rio, I, we can even talk Chadwick. You know, you can talk, you can bring Pasadena Poly into this mix. You know what I mean? Um, you're you're drawing a, a different type of kid anyways. It's it's. I, I don't feel like there's any benefit to them being private versus us being small public. I don't, I know that answer isn't the most dynamic answer in the world, but once we started playing all you guys, we felt the same way. Like the playing field is level. You're doing more with less. You have challenges just like we all have challenges. The, the, the specific type of kid that's drawn to your school anyways, you know what I mean? Like there's, you're, de you're dealing with issues, issues just like us. And then, and then the difficult thing is, is finding those matchups. Just because you're small and private doesn't necessarily mean that you can just go get a game with anybody you want to. You know, mm -hmm. you still have the same concerns we have. Do you match up physically? Is this a game where we got to worry about kids' player safety? Things like that. You're, you're, you guys are dealing with those exact same concerns. You are. It, it's it's so interesting to me when when you hear about schools like, oh, they didn't have a, we, they didn't have enough to field a team this year or whatever. And it's like, I'm not talking JVs. I'm talking uh, varsity because it's like, I still believe that Rio Hondo is still the smallest enrollment, at least in California, that plays 11-man football. 100% you are. And it's just like, how how are these other schools always having this excuse when you got Rio teams that sometimes aren't even able to even scrimmage 11-on-11 11 11 in practice? That's And that's us. And I think the biggest thing, it's culture. Your guys' culture is phenomenal. What 
what you guys have as pride and respect you have and, and your non-negotiable items as far as behaviors um, and what your program is is founded on other schools don't have that right they just mm -hmm. they just don't they don't have that culture another, and another big thing is coach turnover you know that's a big deal man when if oh, if man. you know you look at rio it, it it's it has stayed consistent for the most part boron we have stayed consistent we've we've had a head coach change here and there but a, a, a version of an assistant coach or a couple of assistant coaches or some alumni players coming back, we've stayed pretty consistent. Those bigger schools have culture issues, they have pride issues, and they have coach turnover. And then next thing you know, you can't, who wants to play football, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's something that'll probably always stay the same at Rio is every coach on that staff uh, is an alumni and probably always will be that way. Uh, so not, not every school is able to do that. Um, you guys have done a great job with it. As you said, uh, coach, you talked a lot about real Hondo, but as we kind of wrap it up here, uh, if you would talk to me about the boron, uh, football program, maybe, maybe the history, uh, go ahead and, and brag about your program, kind of where it's been, where it's at, where you want it to be, uh, you know, all the above about the boron Bobcats. I think the biggest thing that we can brag about is that we, we, and, it, and it's been this way since the 60s. So we had a CIF championship in 69. We had back-to-back 93, 94, and then we had a 98 championship. So it's been a while. We're on, we're on a we're on a we're on a banner drought for sure. But the one thing that I can always stay, say that has stayed consistent is um, what that that Mark understands about us is we 100 are are trying our absolute best to play for our community. Like that matters to us. That's a big deal for us. We want our community to be proud of us. We want the community to be proud of our kids. We want the community to be proud of the school. You know, and listen, we're moving into the future where complaining is, is becoming normal. Cancer culture is real. So it's, so it's harder to please people. It is. But, but the one thing I will hang my hat on is we think of our community first. We do. We really do. And we always have. When we play on a Friday night, no matter what that score is, we want the stands and the fans to be proud of the way we played the game more, so to speak. Right. So we don't, we don't sit and talk about, um, obviously, Hey, everybody wants to win. We want to win more than we lose. We, we spend a great deal of time though, about the way you play the game, the effort we're, we're, we're based off of effort. That doesn't mean we're perfect. Um, we've got some laziness. Sometimes that's just teenage boys. Right. But <laughs> I think the big, the biggest bragging point is from that 69 championship team all the way to where we are currently, we have always made community a big deal. We want to play for them. We want we want past guys that have worn the uniform. A lot of the alumni guys. We want them to be proud of us. That that matters to us. That that has a place for us. And I think that that's what's special and unique to us. That's obviously what's special and unique to Rio. That those things matter, right? Those values they they matter. They mean something. No, that's uh, I was going to say it sounds very familiar and uh, it's 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 very well said. And being in a smaller town, is it? Is it kind of like we seen on TV where you were at a grocery store or something and, and you got kind of the civilians looking at you and being like, how could you run that fourth down play? You know, it going uh, to coffee hey, shops and stuff. I'm going to shit. I, it doesn't even take it to the grocery store. They're usually telling us that on the way to the locker room. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah. So it is, it is very, yes, it is very real. Right. So I think uh, I remember, remember before they made the TV series, remember when they made uh, the Friday night lights movie with Billy Bob Thornton, right. Yeah. And remember, like the board members are coming to tell him like what he should do on third down and what he should say. Hey, and you need like, hey, that's that's coaching and boron, brother. That is what coaching and boron is like. It is like a, it is like that. That is and that is real. 
That's fantastic. One of the best quotes I've ever heard is, uh, is pressure is a privilege. And yes. uh, you know what? I'm sure it sounds like that uh, there for you. Uh, real quick, what's the, what's the enrollment of the school roughly? And, and the, uh, so I think, um, I think currently today we're under 230. I think we're at like 227. So we, and, and, and Hey, just a heads up, that is counting our seventh and eighth grade class. That's, that's, <laughs> you know I mean? Like we're, yeah. So we're, we're right there, man. We're right. We there. can relate. We can relate. How many, and how many in the town? What's the capacity well, roughly? If you caught me a couple of years ago, I would say under 3000, but we have, sounds crazy. We have had some development out here lately. There's, there's some things happening. So I think we're over 3000 now, but it, but we are still, we are still a very small community. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we, we are uh, kind of a small community within uh, L, the huge LA County area. And yep. uh, yeah, we got, you know, four seniors that play football, four of our five and then five juniors. And then it's a freshman, sophomore. So we have that in common as well. You got a very young team. We do. We do. And now we've got some good seniors and we're, and we're proud of them. Um, and we're, and, and they're, and they're big, like we've got some big boys and, and we, and we love them and they're very prideful kids, but yes, the majority of our, of our team, we are young, we are super young and we're, we're doing everything we can to make those guys ready for that jump. Yeah. And, and I could tell you that talking to our alumni and fans and everything, you know, everyone understands, Hey, this is, yeah, the future is bright. It's going to be great, but we're worried about right now. Let's win, win some games. Well, that's, so there's and a that's the big thing too, with young kids, you, you can't hang your hat, right? You can't go. The worst thing you can do is go into a post-game speech. Let's say you lose a game. The worst thing you can do with young team is go into a post-game speech and complain about how young you are. No, no, we have to play now. You can't hang your hat on being young. You got to play now. And they got to know that you trust their ability and you support them too. So that, that stuff is a big deal, right? Young guys, young guys have to feel supported and they have to know you believe them. And we believe in our young guys. We're putting the ball in their hands and we're asking them to make plays. Just it, 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 you know, it, it is what it is. Absolutely. Well, Coach Rob, uh, I am looking forward to this game uh, tomorrow night, like I am every year. But uh, after getting to talk to you, uh, it, it's really, you know, the cliche, a shame one of us has to lose, but we're going to get out there and compete. And uh, it'll be another re great real Hondo Boron matchup. Absolutely. And I'm excited to see Mark, man. Me and him have bonded over the years. You know, he, he's just he's a good dude. And we, we appreciate each other's time. It actually marks the reason Mark and his brother we played a chip when I was the varsity baseball coach, we started playing each other basically is see Mark, you know what I mean? Say what's up, see how things are going. Like, so we even, we even caught a couple baseball games, Boron versus Rio. They've been to us. We've been down there, They're, you know, so this is a good friendship of mine and trust me, he wants to win bad. I want to win bad, but like, we just enjoy each other's company, a lot of mutual respect back and forth. So I'm actually even just excited to see him, see my friend, you know, shake his hand, kind of talk a little bit, catch up and then, and then get down to business. Absolutely. That's the beauty of a uh, football. Let's, let's get after it. And yeah, it's a big reason I want to do this is bring on some other coaches and people and other teams to be like, Hey, what's this? We're all in this together. We're competing, but uh, there's some great friendships and memories along the way. Coach Rob can't thank you enough, man. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And anything you need when you get out there, I, I know Mark said they're coming around five, anything you need. I'm there. Find me, take care of you guys. Okay. Well, sounds great. Sounds great, Coach. See you then. Thank you, brother. Have a good day. Wow. I am uh, blown away by the professionalism, by the just all-around great dude that Coach Rob uh, was. I heard great things, but until you really meet someone, um, you just, man, you, I don't know. You don't know what to expect. So Coach Rob Kostopoulos, what a great guy. What a great program, the Boron Bobcats. I know this podcast is about real hondo prep football but 
we got to dive into these other programs and the relationships and why uh, why they exist. You know, what's the background of them? And just the mutual respect, I think, is something that cannot go uh, unnoticed. And, and and really, with a relationship that long, uh, Rio knocking Boron out of the playoffs when they were a big-time uh, high-ranked team. Boron beating us in the playoffs, you know, beating us twice in one season. I mean, this is a real special rivalry and Rio's uh, probably one more than they've lost, but there's a reason these two schools play every year and, and make that trip. And there is that mutual respect. So I love talking again to great people, great football people. And uh, man, I'll, I'll say this Boron football is in great hands and Rio is up for a real big test on Friday night up in the high desert against a well-coached uh, football team with great tradition. So this is going to be fun, man. Every week, it seems like there's a new storyline, a new opponent. And I'll t- I can promise you this, this is not the last time coach Rob will be on the charge to keep podcast. I'm getting him back on maybe, uh, as a, as a unbiased, uh, uh, predictor of games or breaking down analysis. I don't know. We're going to have him back on, I think throughout the podcast and definitely anytime, uh, that, the the, the cares, take on the Bobcats. So I, I'm ready. I'm going to go gas up my car right now and get the sucker ready to go and, and head up there. I, I'll be up there well before five, get a bite to eat and, uh, you know, and embrace that high desert heat. Can't wait for the game. Can't wait for it. Week three matchup four on Bobcats against the real Hondo prep cares. Let's do this guys. Let's do this long bus trip for the, for the guys. They'll, uh, they'll get a like, nice little meal up in the Hesperia area as coach Carson said, but uh, be sure to tune in on the NFHS network. If you can't make the trip, I believe, Johnny Bollinger will be on the call. I will be there uh, giving updates on social media, on the charge to keep Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. Maybe I'll throw in some live video, but for the most part, I'm gonna let those guys do the uh, do the videoing and I'll do some uh, some updates and things. So be sure to follow us uh, on social media on Friday night. I will be there with plenty of updates. And then on Sunday, don't forget our recap show. I'll be joined by Coach Mark Carson, uh, a player from the Rio Hondo team, and then probably a member of the alumni to get their thoughts, their thoughts on uh, the game, the season. Uh, Try to just include a lot more people here uh, throughout the program. And those episodes probably go, you know, about 90 minutes or so, maybe less, hour 20 uh, here and there, but uh, not not a bad way to kind of wrap up the weekend and, and have those podcasts out on uh, on Sunday mornings with uh, Coach Carson and company. They're usually out around noon, but this podcast, the pregame show podcast, will always be out 24 hours before kickoff of the, uh, the that week's game. So tonight, Thursday at 7 o'clock for our Friday night kickoff up in Boron at 7 o'clock. All right, guys, that's it for me. The Cares will be loading up the buses here soon. By the time this podcast is released, I'll probably be finishing up team dinner and ready to uh, get a good night's sleep and then hit the road early afternoon uh, on Friday for their uh, game against the Boron Bobcats. Once again, Rio Hondo back on the road. The first of three uh, away games in, in a row here, weeks three, four, and five. So uh, they will be road weary, I'm sure, by the time they return to Care Park in about a month. But for now, it's time for the Cares to get back on the road again. We will see you in Boron on Friday night, guys. Can't wait for a fun-filled matchup. The two and one Boron Bobcats hosting the Real Hondo Prep Cares. Until Sunday, guys, enjoy the game. We will talk to you then.